Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to Street Champs. Today we got entrepreneur, content creator, and storyteller Tyler Schoen on the pod today. Woo! Hell yeah. How are you doing today, bro? Surviving and thriving, as oh, always. It's yeah. my catchphrase right now. So, really? Yeah. Hell yeah. I rock with it. <laughs> Thanks. Hell yeah. Um, how are you doing today? What, are you, what have you been up to? Uh, honestly, today was uh, cleaning house and uh, doing physical therapy for, for my knee stuff. So Hell yeah. Um, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, I'm Tyler Shown, like you said. Um, I've been working as a freelance videographer for the last three or four years. Uh, I had my own production company uh, called Jelly Mill Productions, then uh, worked at Wake Up Pueblo, newest marketing marketing startup here in town, like in Pueblo, and uh, was a production manager there for uh, was a production manager there for about a year, and uh, recently left that because I had ACL surgery. Um, I need some time to like focus on, you know, my health and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. You have a really good story. I can't wait to get into it, but, uh, let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? <laughs> from the beginning? Yeah. Uh, well, originally from like Kansas, but I came to Pueblo when I was like eight, uh, cause my mom became the head of marketing out at CSU Pueblo and, uh, we moved out here as soon as that happened. And so I've been in Pueblo ever since then. It was like 2001, I think when, when we first moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've been I've been in and out of, in and out of here a couple of times, but I've uh, been back for about two years, especially with COVID and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of the biggest, I think, advocates in in Pueblo you could find for sure. Hell yeah! So, uh, 2001, you said you moved here. How mm-hmm. how old are you? I'm 28 now. 28. Yeah. So, how old are you when you were about? Uh, I was like eight. Yeah. Eight. Oh wow. Yeah, so I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Longer than you probably. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 24. Ah, dang. yeah, close, so, close. You know, you're a little bit older than me. Cause yeah, you've been here from the beginning. Yes, I grew up in Pueblo. I uh, moved away. I went to college. I went to Fort Lewis College. I graduated from there, and I moved back because of COVID in 20, 2020, mm-hmm. beginning. What's the first question people ask you about Pueblo? Um, people will usually be like, "Is it dangerous?" You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or well, what do people from Pueblo ask you? Oh, about Pueblo? About Pueblo? No, just what's the first question when you meet them? Oh, they're like, um, can I help you? Like, you know, what are you, what are you looking at me for? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, that's a different answer. I, you know, like most of the time they, they ask me what high school I went to. And... Oh, yeah, typically, yeah. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Um, you know, we don't really got to get into that. Oh, and, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. Unless you want to. No, 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 that's like, that's like old times. Yeah. I'm glad we got to move on from that yeah. question. Hell yeah. But um, how long have you been uh, content creating? Uh. So I went to uh, I went to college in like for mass communications at CSU Pueblo. Uh, so I worked there at the Revity Nine radio station. I was a DJ for a while. Worked at PBS, really? um, the like for homework hotline, like the TV station there. Just kind of like manning cameras and uh, directing shows like a couple times here and there. And was also doing like journalism stuff. Like I minored in creative writing as well. So that was uh, start that kind of started I guess being creative when I was eighteen, uh, going to college. Mm-hmm. So I did four years in college and then 22, I moved out to like California, worked a seasonal job, traveled for like a couple years and didn't, you know, record stuff with my phone. I didn't have a, I didn't have a professional camera or anything like, like that. Never thought about buying one. Like I'm pretty uh, minimalist, you know, when it comes to like living, but, uh, I uh, came back and saw my friend's band play here in Pueblo, like at Bruce Ale house. And I was like, Oh shit. Like these guys are which band? Uh, Beyond Bridges at the time, and now it's just a feeling. Which uh, Tony, the owner of Brews, is the, like the lead guitarist. Uh, one of my buddies, Ado, is like the lead singer. One of my best, you know, best buds for a long time. Saw them play. Hadn't seen them, you know, in, a, in like a couple years. Cause I've been out. Came back, saw them, and uh, they were really talented and been working, working their butts off. And I was like, shoot, all I would love to like, film something for these guys. And I started shooting bands like straight after that. Uh, yeah, I did that for like. Half a year, and then now we are three, three and a half, four years later. And so, yeah, content creating for four years, four years, five years, I'd say. Wow. So uh, you were a DJ at Rev89? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. What was your DJ name? Tyler the Clown Shown. Tyler Not So Brown Shown. Tyler Turn That Frown Upside Down Shown. You know, it just like rhymes with all these. It's, uh, yeah, yeah I, I like to have a, like a good time on the show, you know? Hell yeah. I definitely re- grew up listening to Rev89. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Freaking uh, slow jamming with Lada. I definitely remember a lot of bro. It's like that one sticks out in my head. Uh, well, it's like when I started there, that's when it switched to a, from an R&B station to a top 40 station. Mm. So I had memorized every song that I didn't like. 
they're so catchy. Yeah. You know, they, they play four or five times a day, but you get, you know, you get uh, like 10, 20 hours a week as a DJ at the station. Yeah. So uh, you have to, I mean, you have to have like shows. Like some people get like primetime slots, you know, uh, where you get to, you get to have like talk shows and stuff like that. And then some people uh, get the 2 a.m. shift and you get a mix, you get a mix of the two. So it gives you like a lot of experience, like talking to different uh, you have like giveaways and stuff, people calling in. So you're taking calls, you're recording the calls. Maybe you'll mix something together to put onto the station. Uh, those are all cool things to like learn, you know, to at a college place like that because they have all the material and equipment for you to do so. so. Yeah. And while you went there, was your mom the marketing director? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, we had different last names, which was a perk, you know, but like uh, if I get like a bad grade, I'm like, yo, you know, get my I mom I, on you. I don't know if you know, you know. No, but also she was like, uh, I mean, she's super smart. Like I was, she's good, like shoulder to lean on. Like she's like my best friend, probably. You know, like growing up, uh, had a great mom. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she was like, she was always like the example, you know, to live up to. Yeah, where was uh, where was your dad? Uh, so my dad is uh, uh, he's in Kansas. He like, I, I mean, he was like a high school dropout, drug addict type uh, type guy uh, who's been living in like my grandma's basement for probably like the last thirty years. Something like that, um, back in Kansas. So, I don't know. It's like I, I wouldn't get like too deep into it, but it's a, it's just like it's a past life, you know. Yeah. My mom, my mom was like the lady growing up for me. Hell yeah, strong, independent, single mom. That's yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and killing it. And like she's you know like a vagabond too. Loves to travel, loves to meet people, loves to have a good time. She's and she's great at Scrabble. So hell yeah, shout out, shout out, mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How funny. Um, and then you went to PBS. No, so another thing, like at the college, like PBS is like a class. Oh, you know, so you take you take it a three credit course for a semester, so you get to do three hours uh, every two or three days. When which is a film and homework hotline, which is like a live TV show. Yeah, I definitely saw that. Yeah, yeah. and so you get to you know you get to be either like the person on the camera, uh, maybe the person taking calls. You get to be the person that's playing video or uh, switch switching in and out um, what shots are going up. You know, I mean, ultimately it's up to like the director, but you get to play every one of those roles in a semester. So you get experience like being on a team with people, uh, having a specific role that you have to take care of, which makes like the greater, you know, production valuable. Yeah. So it's just good. Again, that's like, I think CS Pueblo is one of the best mass comm, uh, which is now media communications or a uh, school of like arts and music, something like that. Now I have to, I'll have to look that up, but. Um, I thought it was a great option for me and it was a cheap option for me, especially cause my mom worked at the college. So mm-hmm. you get, you automatically get like a discount. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, my mom told me. <laughs> so <laughs> no, yeah, it makes sense. You know, take your kids there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2016. 2016. Is when it, yeah. I mean, also like another perk is like, if you sign these are, I'm just giving like tips on college, honestly. Um, if you sign like a four year incentive every year, which says you'll graduate in four years, you get $1,500 back at the end. So I was like really committed to getting $1,500 back because I yeah. was like, need that money, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so finished in four years, got out and then, then you're just kind of like floating. Like, what do I do? What do I do next? If you don't have like something specific set up for you already, then, uh, you're kind of just like floating for a while and trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. That yeah, I feel like a lot of people get lost in uh, like the Van Wilder approach. They're just like, "I love college. I'm just gonna mm. stay here forever." Yeah, and you know? like, dude, I loved college. I loved high school. You know, mm-hmm. you could hang out with your friends like eight hours a day and get smarter. How cool! <laughs> How dope is that? You know, but uh, it, it comes to an end at some point. Like uh, they tell you that's like not the real world, even yeah. though that's what they raised you in the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so how are you supposed to be prepared for like what's next? And so uh, you had you had a good time at college then. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it was just like. Uh, you meet great people, especially people that are all trying to be like proactive with their life. A lot of the time, some people, I mean, half the people maybe in college are trying to do that, but it's also like everybody's just having, having a good time, you know, everybody's kind of celebrating each other. It's a cool thing about college. Um, but then it ended, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, unless you start getting like more degrees or you go for like a master's, uh, you're supposed to move on or already have a job set up type of deal. And I didn't have that. I, I hadn't decided what I wanted to do in my life yet, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, got a seasonal job like out in Yosemite and worked it like a, I lived in like a yurt, uh, in a yurt. Yeah, yeah, it's what is a yurt for people? Well, it's like a ten by ten octagonal shaped building, like no bathrooms in there. But this yurt was placed in the middle of a garden, which is super nice. I paid like two hundred bucks a month to live there, 
and shared communal a kitchen and bathroom space with the rest of the workers. And then I worked at the front desk of this mountain resort. Um, customer service, you know, makes you really see the full spectrum of people in terms of positivity and negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got to, I was 20, I lived 20 minutes from Yosemite Park so I could go hike every single day. A uh, beautiful mountain next to waterfalls and then come back and we had our own spa that you could hit and it's good trade-offs for a job. Wow. So, I mean, it was a good place to be like after college. Yeah. Wow. That sounds really awesome at Yosemite. Um, how long did you, how many years did you do that? So I, I did, I did that for six months hmm. and, and these, these stories that I'm telling right now in like this portion of my life, uh, you can see in like a movie that I made, which is called happy ass, which was like my first feature film on YouTube, but it kind of talks about like three years that I'm covering right now. But, uh, I worked, I worked at this place in Yosemite for six months and then the, my friend and I that I'd met there decided to go to Asia. So we traveled through, I did, I did like two and a half months on that trip, backpacking Asia. My buddy left, like ran out of money after two weeks, bad budgeter, let me tell you. Oh, wow. Uh, but I was gone for like two and a half months on that one. Then came back to Pueblo, probably worked for like six months as a line cook at Angelo's. And, Please. you know, it was like trying to figure out the hustle. That's when I started shooting bands and stuff like that. And then uh, went back to, to Europe, Asia, Australia, New Zealand, probably for two and a half more months. And then came back, opened up production company, and that started Jelly Mule in like 2018. So, so I'm like, I'm like skipping, I'm paraphrasing here, but yeah, those are the, the thing, uh, the string of events that got us there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, Happy Ass was your first film that you put out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that not even on not even on YouTube. Honestly, it only came out on, on YouTube. Put it there like a few months ago. Oh really? Um, because we entered, we made it specifically to enter into the CISFA Film Festival, which is a, a Pueblo film festival. It, it just had like its tenth year, but we specifically I like edited for three days straight in like our locked studio just to make the deadline for this film festival. And it got selected as the best, like it got nominated for best feature. It was one of two feature films that got into the festival. Oh wow! Um, because the the founders of the festival is the Soleil brothers, and a couple other people. Uh, they originally started the festival like in their grandpa's basement, you know, here in Pueblo, and then uh, they've now they do it at Memorial Hall in front of like hundreds of people. It's like a live show, interactive. They get like international people submitting this thing type of deal. They're like the exact same age as I am. And they, but they moved out to like LA and then they do this thing in Pueblo, uh, every, every single year. And so they were very supportive of like, oh man, like what you're doing is exactly what we believe in, you know? So they selected our film and that's what really like gave us a, oh, like we can, we can make movies, you know, mm-hmm. type deal. So that's what like, we really kicked up doing our commercial work after that and just built production company, doing music, weddings, films, uh, whatever we could just to get it, to get it going. Wow, man, that's, that's uh, what was the name of the film festival one more time? CISFA Film Festival. So CISFA. it's, um, yeah, which CISFA stands for something specific, which again, it slipped my mind now. Sorry, guys, if you're watching this. <laughs> um, oh, it's a, or a Story Mode Independent Film Awards. That's what it is. Boom, hmm. nailed it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so they, I would say they're like, they're like the biggest film festival in town. There's like three now, which is the library does the 48 hour film festival, which just happened a couple weeks ago. CISFA is like a is like big one that's usually in like June. COVID messed up their whole schedule type deal. Mm-hmm. And then Wake Up does one now called the Kick Ass Film Festival. And I think that next one's happening on like March or something like that. So there's a few popping up all over the place. Which is cool to see as like a freelance yeah, typ- videographer, you know. Typically are you entering like each one of them? Um uh, no, nah, I mean as of late, like I was asked to be on the board for like the library one, so you can't submit if you're picking the rules you know you know basically um and i was kind of actually kind of bummed about that the kick-ass one i ran the sound and the lights for the event you know so now nah, like i'm and like i'm a production manager at the company that's running the uh oh, yeah the the festival so it was kind of like oh i should Conflict not crush these people you know like to, <laughs> you know yeah uh, um so i i mean i enjoy just making them happen for a lot of it but yeah. there's specific festivals where i'm like that's a really cool festival i would love to make something that might get into that festival. Mm-hmm. So I shoot for that a lot of the time. How many times have you been published? Uh, well, as an author, like two times, which was like college days. Creative writing was my minor, so we were like submitting stories as a part of class, which was cool. 
Um, but then video wise, yeah, I've been in five different festivals with a couple of different films. Happy ass being one of those. Um, and honestly, it doesn't even, that doesn't even feel like a lot compared to like a lot of people. A lot of people can get one film into like twenty festivals. Oh, really? Uh, which would be a goal. I mean, that's like how films eventually get to Netflix, get to Hulu, and stuff like that. Is they build their way through being seen around the country. You know, they have to get people interested in before they can get people to buy. So, uh, if you can get a, a film to get accepted in twenty festivals around the country, that means your your audience just went up twenty times, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of more people are going to be like, "That was a cool film." People will be like, "What film? That film." Oh, I'll watch that film. You know, like that's how it, that's how it gets going. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when it helps on those huge productions have people, but like little productions can do it too. If they are willing to put in like 30 bucks per submission for a video, they're really proud of. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you've been published five times, you said mm-hmm. video wise. Um, well, I, uh, accepted in festivals. Oh, you know? Yeah. Well, like published is like a weird word too. I guess would I would say to describe it, but. That's how many films I've got into festivals. Okay. Which is a proud thing for me. I think it's pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, do you know, like, all, of, all five off the top of your head? Um, so Happy Ass was the first one, which was like a feature film. I was, I was actually, you know, super pumped about mm-hmm. that, like six to midnight. And uh, I. Um, what do you mean, six to midnight? Oh, it was total sexual innuendo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. Right over my head. I didn't get it. But all um, right. Um, but. Uh, and then I made a short film, like, spin off of that, which was one of the specific stories. I told, I told like, other people's stories throughout that movie. And it was my my friend that had met his wife in Yosemite, like, when he moved there. Oh, well. They didn't speak the same language. Um, and I told their story of, like, I was, like, the best man at his wedding, just, like, crying super hard. But that one got accepted into a couple of them. A really big, like, my, my proudest short film that we made was a making of, which was, like, 30 different artists. Um, and I, I put them into, like, an artist anonymous group. You know, so it was like six different artists sitting in a circle um, e- expressing why they were addicted to art, to their art. And like one was a musician, one was a painter. Like Matt Rethick was in that. Uh, Morgan Fox, Gregory Howe. Like I had different people, like actors. Dalton Wold- Woldridge, who's the Two Doobies, Two, two dude, Dudes, Two Dudes, Two Doobies podcast. Hey, He's on there out, a lot. Shout out those guys. Yeah, yeah, those guys are fun to listen to. Um, and yet, yeah, actually it's like three films that got into like five different festivals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope they just get better and better as we go along. Definitely. How many uh, feature films have, or how many films? What is it? I don't even know what feature adds to that. So a feature sentence. is like at least 50 minutes, 60 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what makes it a feature. Otherwise, like 45 and less is like a short film. Oh, okay. For a lot of festivals. How many uh, features have you created? Just one. Just one. It was like exhausting really <laughs> yeah yeah um and it wasn't like high production value either it was a mix of like three years of phone footage and then after we started getting better and better and we get better as like the film goes along is kind of what it's all about but uh that was the only feature I ever made like otherwise i would write a huge script um get a crew going together which uh david chavez is one of the production managers at wake up pueblo He's been kind of like building, like he has like a makeup artist who's super, super talented that comes from like Springs. He's got a couple of people that are like writing uh, scripts. He's been uh, at Wake Up. You get a you get a lot of people that act on film for you. So he's kind of building teams of uh, people that can act, you know, type of deal. And that's what it takes to get those big productions to happen, which uh, if you don't have, you know, a crew to like back you up, that's, that's real tough. So mm-hmm. it takes a lot of steps to get those types of things. And uh I might have access to do something like that, but it'd be really tough. Definitely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You need definitely, definitely need the resources like wake up Pueblo has. Mm. Um, how was your, what's your time? What was your time there? Like, so, oh man, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I'm crazy in a good way in positive ways, negative, negative ways, but I wake up Pueblo. So every day starts uh nine Oh five. It's a meeting and we all, you know, there's 20, 25 of us, uh, at the time that I left about a month ago, uh, people that get in a circle, we have uh, we like clap our way in. Everybody you has, said you just left. You just kind of yeah, yeah. slid that in. Literally, there. literally just yeah, yeah. And no, like left just five weeks ago is when I is when I stopped working there. Can we give people a quick uh, synopsis of Wake Up Pueblo? Can you just describe it? Wake Up Pueblo is a uh, content marketing company. It specializes in podcast videos, um, graphic design for uh, clients of all different industries, manages their social media accounts. At Wake Up Pueblo, there's about 25 different creatives that are employed between social media people, uh, photographers, videographers, graphic designers, 
and uh, the teams of those people is what uh, controls monthly clients' social media pages. So, in my mind, it's like one of the one of the first uh, and the biggest startup uh, content creation company like in town. Mm-hmm. So there's there's tricked out green rooms, podcast rooms, there's a 150 person theater in the back, and there's like super super talented creators that are there, which was like the first environment I had had eight different um, videographers that I worked with in like five, six months, you know? So it's, it's a really cool place to get experience with, uh, with teams of people and a lot of different other creatives. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry. That was a long winded answer to what it's wake up. Well, but no, yeah. You know, most people are, we're probably going to ask that. So yeah, I'm glad we got that out. But, um, so you recently left a month ago mm-hmm. and you said your time there was crazy. Um, well, it's, it, it's crazy exhilarating, I guess is like the easiest way. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, I was saying before that, Every day starts with people circling up, circling up, uh, chanting, and then we all everybody says like their intentions for the day. Yeah, so you say chanting oh, what? Huh? Chanting what? I uh, just like p- different people's names. You know, like Mia. We we do Mama Mia. You know, uh, uh, production. You know, just like simple stuff like that. Get the it's energy just, up. You just get people hyped up. You know, like our boss, like was Matt Smith. He's kind of a serial entrepreneur in town, so he's uh, he he's had twelve different businesses and twelve different industries. You know, but he's like a soup. He's the most optimistic, positive person I've ever met in my life. And he starts every day with getting his whole crew hyped up and uh, getting started for the day. But his his <laughs> our motto, I always tell people, was jump out of the airplane and then build the parachute on the way down is how we do things. So every day, it's like every single person probably has 20 different tasks they have to accomplish. Um, and they all affect, you know, these big accounts, these uh, everybody wears a lot of hats, you know, and it's nonstop. I think videography wise, we probably made uh, 50 videos a week between three or four guys, you know, for different businesses and stuff like that. So it's just like a nonstop. Um, you can do a routine and you don't, you know, the wheel keeps spinning. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's very, it's very like very challenging, very uh, fulfilling in many ways. It gives you a lot of experience and a lot of people there are some of the best people I've ever worked with for sure. Really? Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah. So there's only 25 people you said in the whole. Well, it started with, uh, started with five people, mm-hmm. you know, there was like, uh, well, cause the grand opening of wake up Pueblo was the grand finale of the show undercover billionaire season two. So billionaire got dropped off in Pueblo. They challenged him to start a million dollar business in 90 days. And that business ended up being wake up Pueblo, which he started with Matt. Who's, you know, it's Pueblo, super big Pueblo guy. Um, and then essentially, Went, had, he had to go back to his life and then this new Pueblo Grant, marketing business. Grant Cardone. Yeah, Grant Cardone. He's a real estate billionaire. And um, he left, went back to Florida. And then they were left to build a marketing business like in Pueblo. With the, originally, it was just like three uh, girls, Paige, Meredith, and Mia that were doing this thing. And now that's turned into 25 different like creatives, all with like huge different skill sets. And uh, all all super talented too, in a bunch of different jobs. And that's like my favorite thing about Wake Up Pueblo is it's given an opportunity where I, I never I never knew if there was going to be any in Pueblo for a bunch of people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, um, so you met Grant Cardone? Yeah, yeah like a couple. Of, I, just, I know it's funny. Like my first day was like the grand opening, which is the grand finale of the show, you know. And I kind of I was like his photographer for probably like four or five hours, mm-hmm. um, just shooting in with different people, and then. My first day at the, on my next day was probably two weeks later. Uh, I went to Miami with the team and spent three days at Cardone University and just had millionaires tell me how to make money for, for three days, basically. Uh, so we met his whole team, he, you know, talked to him for like a while and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it was a trip. What's one of the gems that they left you with? When you talk to all those guys. Um, I don't know. He says a lot that like... Uh, contacts equals contracts you know he, i mean grant cardone very similar to like gary v but gary v is like all about gratitude grant cardone's about make that money and uh i don't know what you really you have to realize what it takes to to be those dudes you know it's like it always has to be about money mm-hmm. it has to be about the deal like it has to be about meeting people that'll help you get the deal and uh some people can agree with that some people might not but it's one of the gyms to get like where them Get them where they got them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very, very interesting time. Yeah, definitely. That's, you know, a lot of people don't get to rub elbows with 
with people of that uh influence mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah that's really awesome yeah no i mean it was like very awesome opportunity that's why yeah like uh that's what working for places like wake up can can offer you know this great opportunity mm-hmm. to uh show us some skills so you know getting like walk around too, getting to see like his production team's uh super expensive like podcast set and their green screen space well, not even a green screen they had like a giant screen behind and where he where grant cardone does like all his his talks to the camera he's doing you know his, the stuff that they sell basically um it's just like it shows you like how it humanizes uh idols you know in mm-hmm. a way is what i say I say a lot of the time is you have to realize that like heroes and and dudes in higher positions uh, are, are real people you know but they've developed routines and put themselves in situations to help them get to those spots and uh being to watch being able to watch them just for a couple of days is super awesome so mm-hmm. I mean, yeah I'm, I'm super thankful for that yeah hell yeah um i know grant cardone's message is um 10x right yeah 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 10X. that's like their their company that's why like 10x is his thing and it's paired with wake up pueblo so wake up pueblo is the only company that's ever been labeled with the 10x like logo you know like that's oh, what, really yeah yeah um wow i didn't know that and that's why like most most of the national clients that wake up gets now like they're starting to sign clients from florida and um atlanta you know a couple other different places new york they just had one is because these are like 10 xers that are trying to you know better their lives better their business and wake up's directly linked with that now so it's kind of it's like a, it's like a good partnership I yeah would say. It's, it's huge mm-hmm. for sure um yeah, I definitely have actually heard of Grant Cardone even before Undercover Billionaire. He's um, he kind of reminds me of like a real life Wolf on Wall Street type of type of guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I watched a vlog where he was in his call center, or it seemed like a call center. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, well they do cold calls. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. it's exactly like Wolf Wall Street. So I was there, right? Oh, I got really? I got to talk to these salesmen. Mm-hmm. There's like a dude literally walking around with a bat, like like with a headset on, um, selling. You know, and like, and then they, anytime they make a sale, like they like ring a bell and all these dudes, Wolf Wall Street it is what it feels like. But yeah. these dudes are making like a couple million dollars a year, you know, sitting in an office selling stuff. Yeah. He, they talk about it. They're like, he's like, I want a sale. I want a real salesman who's not afraid to leave his family. I want to like, you really got to want it is what he says. He's like, I don't want people that don't want it. Or you, or you find a woman who, or or man who's like totally cool with that, you know, and yeah. uh, then they're, they're gonna grind with you or be next to you. But that's gotta be tough. Man. Yeah, it's like I think I like those are like exact words from the video. I I was definitely checking some more some more of his stuff out before you got here mm-hmm. just to refresh myself. But um, well, you're gonna get hit with videos from him all the time now. They yeah, got it figured out. I'm okay with you it. You watch one video, you're gonna see a million. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Uh, I kind of like that content, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really awesome, man. Uh. Do you have his phone number? Do you have Grant Cardone's phone no, number? You no, 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 no. We're not pen pals or anything like that. That's yeah. what you're asking. No, no, no. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a content creator. I'm a videographer. I'm a, I, I like to say that we were the cooks in the kitchen. You know, like the, the business doesn't run without us. But mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're sitting in a dark room in the back. No, that's a, that's a. Uh, I feel that. That's a sad <laughs> way to look at it, though. But yeah, it but it's also it's like a cool way. Like I'm, you know, I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. Is I would be proud of. Yeah so oh yeah so you said they run a podcast studio at wake up pueblo yeah yeah, yeah. no they have like a, a a real tricked out you know like fully soundproofed uh four or five mic setups for uh for different any any client of wake up gets to use that podcast space you know a couple times a week or whatever they do and then now they've we've been capitalizing on you know uh putting up a couple different sets here in the building I'm not at the company anymore, but I know what's going on, you know? <laughs> um, so they do, yeah, they do all kinds of podcasts over there, which is cool. Ben Kaysen has been the podcast manager from there since I, I joined, uh, which is really cool. And he's, he's great what he does, but you know, if you're looking to get into podcasting more, just let, let me know. I'll give you, I'll yeah. bridge you in. Hell yeah. Oh no. What is going on here? You getting a call? Yeah. I just declined it. Who the hell calls me on a computer on a computer? <laughs> Who the hell is Carlo? <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I would love to to pick their brain about podcasting more. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how much does it uh, cost to to work there? To work there, like to uh, like to record there. How much is it going to cost someone? Ah, different packages. Don't ask me. 
Don't, don't ask me. Don't ask, ask them. Uh, don't ask them. Ask them. <laughs> good answer. That's a good answer. Very media trained. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Grew up with a PR mom, you know. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. You know, here at Street Champs, we're kind of we're kind of running a a new show. And when you came, you definitely opened my eyes to just in the like quick thirty minutes we were hanging out. You fucking showed me like forty new things I never even thought oh, of. Okay, bro. well, you gotta tell me what your impression of me was before I came in, and then tell me. How you felt when I came in? For sure. I mean, before, just like looking through social media, I was like, I was like, dang, this guy is like a Steven Spielberg type. Like, I gotta, yo, I gotta vacuum the floor. I gotta. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) But then, you know, when you got here, you're really humble, down to earth, and pretty chill, you know. And then I started directing you. Exactly. And I was like, oh, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. No, that was the first time, like, a guest was like, no, you're gonna do this. And I was like, yo, all right, let's do it. And I think you have some great ideas, and I could see that you're actually um you're are actually like a real player in uh the creating space well i think i because like all i want to do is support the space you know like mm-hmm. uh the problem i always thought there was was that people were consistently thinking they were competition with each other yeah and uh the model i always have is like you have to build a market before you try to fight over it and high tide raises all boats you take both those models together it's like you have to help other people that are trying to do the same thing because you build an opportunity for it for the both of you. Yeah, you know, so that's that's always been the motto, and that's why I love coming into spaces like this where I think you're doing like an awesome thing. I've watched some of your podcasts, Brad Cooper, uh, David, saw all you guys. Hell yeah! Um, and I'm like, that's super cool because I always love people that highlight people, especially in Pueblo, who's always been like a self deprecating place. Uh, I love to come into a space like this and be like, oh, I think you could do better, like doing this. You could do better doing this, um, and it's just like a two way thing that people can help each other out. Yeah, man, I agree. You know, uh, Pueblo has to stop fighting each other, and we have to work together. You know, that's a that's a great motto. I never heard that before. You have to create the market before you fight over it. Mm. Yeah, that's um, that's so true. Most people in Pueblo are fighting over nothing. And that's that's like a, that was a tough thing. I wake up was uh, it felt like I think other marketing companies in town felt uh, intimidated or like competitive, you know, against us. And I had, I'd worked for like a lot a lot of people, and you feel cut out in some ways. You know, when all you try, all you try to do is help. If you, all you try to do is help the the space out there, then you know it hurts sometimes when when people like are against it, and you wonder why. Because mm-hmm. I, I, again, I think everybody can just help each other out, and that'll be the best way to go. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, man, that's that's a beautiful philosophy right there. I think everyone needs to hear that. I think it's a pueblo philosophy. Like, I, it's that's that's the only consistent thing I heard about pueblo is people say they love people here. You know, people can complain about the town, but. They love the people around them a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And the green chili. Oh, no doubt. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Where, where's the first green chili, chili place you take people? The first green chili place I take people. Like where they get their slapper at? Um, Probably Coors. Yep. Sold. Yeah. Same. You know, I don't even like them from Coors that much. I like them from like... <laughs> but it's like the place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. They won food wars. What are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah. I don't really like the slopper in a bowl. I want it on a plate. What do you mean? They put it in a bowl. Yeah. yeah so it's easy to scoop with a spoon. No, nah, that's weird. What? What are you talking about? I don't want. I don't want it in a bowl. On a plate. I want it on a plate. Man, I mean, I'd be getting it all over the table. It's a slopper for a reason. It's not called a cleaner. <laughs> it's not a sloppy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a slopper, a slopper, bro, sloppy Joe, slopper. That's funny. That's funny. It's gonna be a messy ride. Where were we at? What'd you ask me? Um, I asked you if you like green chili. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> spice is nice. Yeah. Um, I was asking you about the podcast space at Wake Up Pueblo and Wake Up Pueblo in general. But um, so now that you left, what's your uh, what's your venture now? Well, so I left because I had I just had ACL surgery on my knee. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so um, that's like that's my most recent thing is uh, I found out you know I've, I haven't had an ACL for years and years. I had a surgery before. You haven't had one? Yeah, yeah. So I got a donor graft. I'm gonna give medical advice now. So I uh, I tore my ACL like senior year of college playing soccer. And um, had to get my ACL fixed. Had to get re- reconstruction, torn meniscus too. And I, I got surgery. And there's there's a couple different options that you can do when you uh, tear your ACL. You can like take a piece of your own hamstring where they'll cut out like a piece of your hamstring, put it in there for an ACL. You can take a patellar tendon, which is the front of your knee. Like they slice it open, uh, take that tendon, put it through your ACL. Or you can get like a donor. And... Uh, I got a donor. My my surgeon was like adamant that, he, that he, that was the best solution for him to do. So, on the day of the surgery, they're like, "Yeah, we just we just got this um, 
18 year old, you know, black kid died in a car accident. Um, he's, he's going to be like your donor. And I was like, awesome. I'm going to be so athletic. Oh, you know? fuck <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, honestly, I was like, you know, it's like, you, you can't help but be thank- so thankful for those people, but it's like, oh damn, that sucks at the same time. You know, that, that, that really sucks. But, uh, I got a donor graph found out it, uh, well, I started having problems maybe six months. You get clear. It takes like six months to recover to get like walking, running, um, be okay to play sports again. And my knees started popping like in and out after this. And I was, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it's, I'm still playing, still playing, not doing, you know, I'm not like injured. I just get hurt sometimes. And, uh, eventually over the past couple of years, I've gotten to the point where I probably, I thought my meniscus was like popping out of place when I was doing stuff. Like my knee, well, I thought it was my kneecap for a while would like go out of place and I wouldn't be able to walk. And eventually I'd have to get drunk, get in a bathtub, like slap it back in. And, uh, and then like, I'd be sore for a couple of days and, you know, keep playing. And then I'd play soccer, you know, what? a week or two later. And I put, you know, I do, I do yoga as like spin classes. I, I play soccer pretty often. Soccer is the only thing that kept make me, making me pop my knee out. So then I started like recording myself, pop my knee back in, um, and thinking, oh, it's weird. My meniscus keeps popping out. But then uh, I, it was so humbling. This last time my knee popped out, I was uh, dancing at Gutter House out in Pub West. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. familiar with the Gutter House. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, in this, I'm in this dance battle. I'm, I go for a twerk on the floor and pop my knee out of place. Floor. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so, this, so then this, this girl in heels and a dress, has, she's like throws me over like a fireman and like carries me out. Of the, of the bar and uh I, i'm seeing these cute girls and i'm like yeah, yeah i'll go see you later you know like this, this this like petite girls carrying me out and uh dropped me off of my house and like 2 a.m i you know i had to get in my bathtub and like pop my knee back into place so i could walk the next day and uh you know i just got to the point i was like i need to have surgery you know i need to like damn it's very let me tell you it's very psychologically like traumatic like doing doing that like 15 or 20 different times yeah even though i got really good at it like people started popping their knees and they would like look at me and ask what to do and i'm like no no like i don't know what your thing's like but i know how to pop my knee you know um shit man that is intense so yeah i had i wanted to have surgery um and i was like oh yeah it's gonna be a little meniscus tear no no problems like a month recovery time but i I ended up getting an mri and uh the doc's like you have no acl He's like, you probably haven't had one for like five, you know, five years, six years, something like that. Uh, you, you know, it's torn like again. And I was like, dude, doc, I've been super competitive for, I've been playing, you know, like a lot. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, no, some people are just weird. And he's like, weird's the wrong word. Weird's the wrong word. Uh, <laughs> but he's, he was kind of like, you know, you're in the top 10, 1% of people that, I've just been doing stuff with no ACL, but you're going to have arthritis in a year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, Oh, holy shit. I was like, damn. Like, uh, this is a great opportunity for me in life to uh, take the time to, like, just better my, my physical health. And, you know, I've probably been working, like, 60-hour weeks for a year. I wake up uh, just, I mean, it's like a startup company, like a high-functioning startup company. And I was pretty spent from that as well, so... I'm, I'm just focusing on like physical and mental health, like recovering from my surgery. My doctor filmed my surgery for me. Like I specifically asked, like he filmed, uh, like drilling through my bone. He's like, she's like showing me the video. He's like, he's drilling through my bone, cleaning up the scrap, no, like pulling my tendon through. And I had my buddy film, my buddy Jared Young film me before I went into surgery. I film myself every day doing like PT. Um, but my end goal is um, my best friend gets married that I started Jelly Meal Productions with. He met an actress when we were volunteering at the Elephant Sanctuary in Thailand. She's from London. He lives in London now. And they're going to get married in July. Uh, and right after that, I want to do a 100-mile hike across Italy as, like, my comeback. Like, my, my buddy's doing that. So I'm trying wow. to film. I'm filming, like, the whole process of, like, starting in this valley physically and, you know, mentally. But I'm going to try to end metaphorically and literally, like, on a mountaintop wow. type deal. So I'm like, yeah, I'm filming. That's what I'm focused on right now, actually. Wow. So you, who's, what's your friend's name that you started Jolly Mule? Uh, Perry Perkins. Jolly Mule with, sorry. Perry Perkins. So he was originally from Iowa. I met him the day after I moved out to Yosemite. He had moved out from Iowa. 
he lived in a trailer. I lived in a yurt. We went to Asia together, started the business, and uh, then he met a girl when we were in Thailand and, and moved out to London. Really? Yeah. And that's that's right, right when I um, – so I grinded, like, through COVID, just doing Jelly Meal Productions. Like, I mean, like, grinded. I was doing a bunch of tourism for, like, the city. I was doing – I was doing any job or project I could get my way. Everybody went online, you know, with when COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a ton of projects and uh, doing them all, 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 all my own. And, like, right at that time, Wake Up Pueblo pops up with uh, a bunch of cool creatives that are, that are going to work at the place in a super awesome space. And I was like, hey, heck, yeah, like, what an opportunity. Uh, especially if I can't be traveling, uh, I can, like, head down, grind, and get really good at my craft. So I got a lot of experience running, like, teams of people Teams like creatives, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm doing quality control for a lot of those, a lot of those things. Uh, and you know, goals of mine have been always been to work for places like Vice News, where you need experience with teams, you need to know how to work with people. Uh, the same way I, I come in here, like I felt bad because I felt like I was like taking over the space. No, but no, don't feel bad. But I was telling you, I was like, yo, this is my job. Like this is what you know. I'm supposed to make sure this looks good. This like sounds good. Fuck yeah. Um, and we do like a good job, type of deal. Hmm. so uh so you worked yeah. wait, wait a minute you worked at an elephant sanctuary no nah, so like every couple of years i volunteer at an elephant sanctuary um what, what, I get, I got, they just save elephants huh they just save elephants yeah, yeah okay so the, you want to hear the story of the elephant sanctuary yeah so the founder is lex she's amazing but every sunday she talks to they have a volunteer group every single week every sunday she she talks to the group and um she she says her life story basically and she's like, I used to walk 12 miles a day to school, you know, uh, just to go to school. And she's like, then I started seeing these sick elephants as I was going. She's like, I wanted to buy them medicine. So when I was 12, I got a job. And, she, and she's like, I, wor- I would work every day. I'd walk 12 miles to school. And then I could buy these elephants uh, medicine. And she's like, then I started taking in elephants. And to skip over the rest, she now there's like 80 elephants, 500 dogs, 500 cats, uh, water buffalo, like all in this giant sanctuary, but it only runs because people volunteer, you know, to come there. So it's like 300 bucks a week for you to come, uh, live there for a week. So you get like your barracks, you, uh, you work four hours out of the day. So you can, you can be scooping elephant shit. You can be, uh, planting grass. You can be cleaning up the park. You can be feeding the elephants, cutting up their food. Uh, so every couple of years we try to go back there and volunteer for a week. Cause it's like one of our favorite places. Um, you get three uh, buffet vegan meals every day, 50 different options, like best food you'll ever eat. Even if it's vegan, you get hungry all the time. They feed you a ton. That's awesome. Uh, but every night, my favorite thing was I would play these, uh, all the workers in the park play soccer, and they would play every night on like this dirt field, like barefoot games. So every night, like people are about to go to dinner, and I would just go play with these dudes. And they're just like, so they're honestly like a lot like the Mexican culture where they're, uh, they're very competitive, but they, it's because they love to play, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but at the end, like, they don't get upset when I, when I make them, you know? But when you make them, what is that? I mean, it's like when you put it through another guy's legs. Oh. Um, like, it's like a fun thing, but it's, it's meaningless to the outcome of the game. I'll yeah. say that. Um, but, but yeah, but these Thai dudes are just like super humble guys that could play college ball. Like, I've seen athletes and, these young kids that work in an elephant park in the middle of Thailand uh, who will never go to college are like easily, they would get scholarships, you know, but instead they live with their families on these farms mm-hmm. in Thailand. Sorry, I went off on a, on a, no, that's awesome, on a side man. road there, but I love that place. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll probably try to go there within the next year as well. That's really awesome. I've, I've never heard anything like that. Um, how old is Leek, you said? Lek. Lek. Yeah, old, yeah. so she's, uh, she's probably in like her 40s, 50s now. But when I was like the first time we went there, she was like, the United Nations want me to want me to come uh, talk to them today. But I said, no, I got to talk to my volunteer group. And I was like, oh, subtle flex. <laughs> right. <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. yeah. OK. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm listening. Don't worry. I'm listening. Yeah. But, <laughs> but she's going to watch this. I know. I know. I'm scared. If you're from Thailand, Thailand, drop a comment. Yeah. Like EMP. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, and honestly, the last time I went back there, I, uh, my last trip, which was like nine weeks, I was just like filming the entire time. So I wanted to do kind of similar to like what I did with the movie Happy Ass, which was kind of asking people like what brought them joy, what are they like doing, you know, like what fulfills them. And uh, I was going around, so I, I mic'd up Black, filmed her, giving her spiel about life. I did like, 
I was going to these jazz bars all the time, so I was just asking musicians there if I can interview them. Luckily, like quite a few of them spoke English. Recorded them, you know, like saying all these things. Uh, same thing. I stayed at this hostel for a few weeks. I got the workers like talking on camera. I went to a cooking like a cooking school. The owner ended up like inviting us back to have this private dinner with her family, like on her birthday, uh, because we were just nice guys, and we had like our cameras and stuff like that. So we had like all these like experiences that I recorded. But I never did anything with the footage. Hmm. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out maybe a way to like blend that into the stories I'm doing now type of deal where we were like living at nothing. I think my budget was $12 a day most of the time. So I stay in a hostel for like five bucks. I get free breakfast from the hostel, don't eat lunch, have like a $3 dinner, go to a jazz club for like a dollar or two. And that was like most days, you know, in Chiang Mai, play soccer, you know, here and there. Um, But it was always like, it was always health based for me. Like, I don't like, I had no money left, but um, it's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be in a place that had good music, good art, um, soccer fields all over the place, super cheap to live. So I was stuck in Chiang Mai for maybe like five, five, six weeks on the last on the last trip, trying to meet people. You know, like different Chiang, artists. Chiang Mai is a city. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably like besides like Bangkok, it's the, the biggest city in in Thailand. Um, but it's very Pueblo vibes. It's very two degrees of separa- separation, even though it's like a it's a million person town, but it was very much like, I always know somebody that knows somebody, mm-hmm. you know, the way I walked in you're like, yo, do you know so-and-so and so-and-so like, yeah. that's my cousin. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Pueblo, you know, like type of deal. Dang Pueblo vibes and Pueblo vibes in Thailand. I got to experience that, bro. Yeah, no doubt. I got a, that trip. $350 round trip. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. People, it's more expensive to fly to California. So think on it. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time. Wow. That's, you know, that's really eye opening. I feel like uh, I need to go volunteer at this elephant sanctuary and go to go to Bangkok. Well, <laughs> yeah, Bang- Bangkok's great. Bangkok's great. Um, you spent some time there? Ah, just like, it's kind of like Vegas. Really? <laughs> Honestly, you go for a couple of days and that's like enough, you know, and you get out and... They have like casinos and shit there. Yeah, I mean, it's also like, a, you know, the fashion capital, like one of the fashion capitals of the world and, uh, you know, giant markets where you can buy clothes for super cheap. You know, I brought, I bought like a, a super nice sun hat for two bucks. You can get suits for like 200 bucks, like really nice customized suits. Uh, it's just so cheap there, you know, like getting there is the expensive part. But once you're there, it's very awesome. It's yeah. awesome, you know. Yeah. Street food everywhere. Really? Like, yeah. yeah is just, it good? Oh, yeah. 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 But be wary. I stopped eating it after I saw like the super rats, you know, like in the streets at night, like after they left, you know, the vendors had left and then it's all, it's just like rats everywhere. Big, big so. rats? Oh, yeah, big rats. Big rats on the street. Oh, wow. I see you called them super rats, so I was like... <laughs> muscular like rats. Dogs. Like, I would have taken the rats down, but they were too, you know, muscular. Damn. I, there's no chance. Damn, you could have just had that for lunch. It's like Princess Bride rats in there. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I could imagine. Um, is Thailand, like, uh, is it a clean place? I'm guessing not, since well, there's rats everywhere. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. It's still like a third world country, you know? So they only have access to, like... They don't have trash trucks every day that sweep, and they don't have, like, they don't sweep the streets every single day because they don't have access to places they can put all that trash and do all this trash. You know, they're they're behind in resources in a lot of ways, which makes you know it makes me very, it makes me feel blessed to be stressed a lot of the time. Like here when I where I live, because uh, once you see the resources people have in other places that are. Um, not as privileged as yours, mm-hmm. it it can humble you a lot. You know, so. I've been on these like super impoverished streets where there's one, two year olds asking me for change and you're not supposed to give them money because they might have a chance to go to school if you give them change, you know? So it's, what does that mean? It means their parents put them on the streets to make money and that's why they don't have them in school because their kid makes money because he's a baby. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, you know, I've like walked streets like that, um, sat with like people like that and, um, to be born in America and, to live in a place like Pueblo, it's, you know, it's a blessing. And uh, that's why, like, I always try to, I always try to change people's perspectives on life. You know, like, you can be in bad places, but change your perspective a bit might change your days a little more. And uh, you make, you know, you make ripples, ripples make waves, waves move, move oceans type deal. So those are models I try to keep by. I send my friends, like, affirmations in the mornings, you know, a lot of the time. Just, again, it's, it's like having a morning meeting. You, just, you have to set a mindset that gets you going. And uh, you just keep going, like from there. It's honestly, it's like things in motion stay in motion. That's what that's what my PT motto is right now. 
wow, man, that's that's really inspirational. You know, I need a friend like you that will just hit me with some inspirational stuff. Well, you got me now. Call me anytime. Mm-hmm. I'll send you. I'll send you an affirmation in the morning. Love that. Have a little text club. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, have you always been uh, living this positive lifestyle? Uh, I think maybe maybe moving to Colorado might have started it in, in many ways. And when you grow up with uh, my dad, my brother were super angry. Hmm. you know, uh, so much so that it's like, it's anger that you can never beat. So a lot of the time I was like, the, I was the quiet guy sitting in the, in the corner. Um, and you get to kind of like outside watch people live with anger. And, uh, when you don't see anything come from anger, like I never saw any positive things that came from people being angry, you know? And, uh, it made it really easy for me to be positive all the time. Mm-hmm. Cause positive positivity is like the only thing that's ever brought me like success. You know, I think, I mean, a lot of, a lot of me, even like building a business was people weren't investing just in like my product. They were invested in me, you know, as a person. So, uh, the better I could, I could make this person, the more, the better people I could surround around me that make me better. Uh, all those things like just feed my positivity. And I speak in cliches a lot, as you probably notice. And, uh, um, but it's because I mean them. I think they're like, you can't speak a cliche hollowly, like in a hollow way, which I think a lot of people do. So if you can live by example, if you can, um, if I can shove positivity down people's throats, then that's what it takes, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow, man. Yeah. That, <clears throat> that's a great mindset. Um, this is the first time I think you mentioned you had a brother. Where is he mm-hmm. now? Uh, he lives in South Dakota. He's about five years older than me. Uh, complete opposite type of people, you know, like, uh, he moved out when he's like 15, uh, one of the family from the beginning, you know, had, was married probably 19 with a kid and uh, worked with his hands. Like he worked as a, uh, he sold vacuums like Kirby's like door to door. Then he worked in tire shops, uh, eventually. And now he's a manager like Coca-Cola. They're doing like awesome, but they live in, in, uh, South Dakota now with like my, with my nephew. Mm -hmm. So yeah, not a lot of family in Kansas anymore. My gram just died back there and, um, you know, it's been, it's been a year of movement as it's been for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So you don't have any kids? No, 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 no. Um, well, as you know, as you can tell, I, I, I hop around a lot, like around the world with uh, pursuits of different goals. So it's kind of hard for me to like stay in one place a lot of time. So mm-hmm. I've been very mindful not to have kids. Um, I've been debating even getting a dog because it's tough for me, you know, mm-hmm. like I know I'm going to London in, um, in May. So where's my dog going to go? I don't yeah. know. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sacrifices you make, you know, to live the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's true, man. Um. I don't know what I would do with my cat if I was, if I want to go volunteer at the elephant sanctuary now, like where am I going to put my cat? <laughs> but, so. but you're like, oh, what if I get to do my podcast from an elephant sanctuary for a week? Damn, that'd be sick. You know, oh, could I sacrifice like not having my cat? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's 500 cats there. Mm. <laughs> Forget that cat. And it's just take her though. Maybe huh? Make it five hundred. You can adopt a cat from there too. You know? Make it four ninety nine instead of five hundred one. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. I think ZZ would enjoy it. Probably get lost. You can just donate her to the sanctuary. <laughs> What's Sorry, the... I'm a dog guy. I'm a dog guy. Oh, no. All right, guys, it's been Street Champs. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But um, so future-wise, you're going to London, um, and you, you're going to do that 500-mile hike across the 100-mile hike. Oh, Oof. okay. They said 500 miles. I was like, did I say 500? Jeez. I was thinking 500 days of summer. No, but it's no. like it's like it's like ten day. It's a ten day hike um, across Italy. And you go like ten miles a day, type deal. You don't even need to bring a tent because it's you stay with, uh, you know, all these people like along the way. Basically, mm-hmm. there's like houses set up and and stuff like that that you stop at. But uh, that's gonna be like the big test of my knee before, and uh, I want to help my best friend plan his wedding. You know, type deal. So it's good to get to know your your. Um, best friends bride to be's family and stuff like that and help them like de-stress them from stuff and mm-hmm. um that's my plan next so i'll tell their story like in my so i want i think i'm doing i'm gonna do like a youtube series of my recovery you know it's kind of like will smith is, is doing right now i don't know if you've been following what he's been doing but um, he just did best shape of my life which is like a youtube series about how uh, over covid he got in really bad shape a lot to do with his part and the new serena williams like movie he plays their dad yes he had to gain weight for that stuff uh, physically he got in the worst shape of his life, but he was also trying to write his book, which honestly is kind of like a big therapy, 
peace session with him and his family. Oh yeah, the entanglement. Yeah, uh, I hasn't got to that part. I'm I'm only a third of the way through the book, uh, but <laughs> but it's it's been good. Um, but his his series, like he, the YouTube series, he did like six or seven episodes, and he ended up like quitting in the middle. Um, and he was like talking about suicide. You know, during the day he was he was trying to get in the best shape of his life physically at the same time as mentally. Um, so it became a lot about health, which people made me like feel the commodity in my position to take time for my health. Um, makes people made me feel like a lot of people can't do that, you know? So I'm very appreciative now, um, and feel like I got to make it worth being able to take time cause I've saved money and I've worked hard, you know, to earn a position that, to be able to take time to focus on like my physical self, my mental self. And, uh, I'm relating a lot with like what, 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 Will, what Will Smith has been putting out. So, um, I would love to do like an eight, nine part series where I can highlight like other people and myself who are trying to focus on health, you know, is a uh, very important, like mental health experts, physical health ex- experts, and hopefully show people like they can, they can do the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, I honestly have heard about Will Smith's book. Um, I know that, I'm actually looking forward to that movie. Uh, what's it called? It's like, uh, it's like Mr. Something. Uh, yeah, it's, it's their dad. It's like it's yeah. about their dad. I yeah. don't know. Sorry, Serena. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember the name. Sorry, sorry, Will. Yeah, sorry, Will. Um, wow. Wow, dude. Sorry, yeah. no, you just got to process like a mouthful. That's yeah, no, no, that's awesome. You know, um, have you ever, I guess, uh, felt like you know there's days when you're not feeling it have you ever felt like really down like suicidal or have you ever, like- i i want to say i've been to like i've been suicidal you know but i can understand what um like the theories about robin williams and stuff like that you know how he's such like an entertainer will smith is the same way like he's a big entertainer for people like, he's the guy on screen he's the man he's built up a character who can handle anybody anything um, but it spread a lot from, you know, like his childhood, from his dad being, you know, having problems, uh, maybe like, like he's like beating his mom and Will Smith felt like he could never help. But if he tried, if he made his dad happy, all would be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, my, my perspective is like much too broad, um, to ever feel like in a suicidal way, you know, but there's definitely days when you feel down. Like that's the, that's the thing that everybody shares, you know, Every, like all humans feel pain. You know, but suffering is a choice is, is a lot of what people say. It's like if uh, in the Jim Carrey quote where he says, if you're eating unhealthy, if you're not exercising, if you're not uh, making a checklist of things you want to do that day, accomplishing those to fulfill yourself, then then you tell me you're depressed. It's like you never gave yourself a chance. You know, so if I if I do the best, my best to set myself up for opportunities of positivity, then that's that's even on down days like I'm taking steps in the right direction, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same as like where I'm at now in terms of my knees hurt, so I can't hike the mountains I metaphorically want to do. But every single day I'm doing PT, I'm uh, going to the gym to do pool stuff. Um, I told myself I have to film something every day. Part of what I'm filming right now, you know, is to fulfill my checklist my that I need for my mental health during the day. Because even when I'm down, it's like you got to create opportunities for yourself. So that's what I do on down days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um what do they say? Like the, the happiest people in the room, you know, have the uh, speaking, in, speaking in cliches now like you, damn. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's infectious, but it's yeah. serious. Cause it's like, uh, cause that person's focused on everybody else's happiness, mm-hmm. you know? So they, they, uh, totally re- disregard themselves, which, uh, is, is a lot of the ways you feel when you're burnt out, you know, you feel like you've been putting in all this energy to the outside world and you're getting nothing back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what like a lot of the time I think a happy person can be perceived as in a room. A Robin Williams can be a, like a Heath Ledger, even though it's a kind of a different story, but they're all super happy on the outside because they, all they want to see is people happy, you know, which is all they want for themselves, but they can't feel it. So, sorry, we're getting all like psych, psych, no, psych, psychiatry uh, with I, it. But no, I think this is great content, man. I think a lot of people, struggle with day-to-day happiness you know they're looking Mm -hmm. forward to the weekend when the real meaning of life is is in monday to friday you know like you're doing you should enjoy your day-to-day yeah like a rule i always stuck by when it comes to like working is if i work 80 percent of my week to enjoy 20 percent of my week then the situation's all wrong Mm -hmm. you know which is i think a lot of people look forward to the weekends and it's like yeah i'm working through the weekends because i want every day to feel cool you know like i want every day to be a cool day 
mm-hmm. which is why like what traveling feels like. You finally you just do things you want to do it every day. You want to eat things you eat every day, but um, we had to work hard to be able to have passive income to be able to do that. You know, like we we're doing eighty hour weeks probably to build Jolly Mule into like a successful, consistent income for us. It's like and that took time. You know, it's not like every day was like oh we're failures. It's just like every day is an opportunity for success. So baby step, baby step, baby step mm-hmm. um, to get to those points. It's just tough. Mm-hmm. So um, Jolly Mule is your full-time right now? It's all uh, I, I, would, I don't want to say I have a job right now. I'm like fun employed right now mm-hmm. to focus fun on health. Fun. Yeah, you know. Like that, like that. Um, I, I mean, like Jolly Mule would be easy. It's easy for me to pick back up. You know, like I still, I still have the business. I still have the following. I just... I stopped posting, honestly, as soon as I took another job. It just didn't feel right. You know, it's a, I felt like I'd be competing against myself in, in like weird ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so like right now, Jolly Mule pages is how I'm going to tell the story of my recovery, you know? So um, me shooting, again, this content right now is going to be a part of the story, like my recovery, you know, be able to come out and like talk about it. Like I want to talk to people about mental health and uh, say why, you know, staying positive And, you know, I think I'm going to call it Smiles Go Miles. Or something like that, which is like my catchphrase. <laughs> Again, it's like my, it's like my motto for life. Um, if they keep doing those things, you know, they can get better. So it's I want it to become like a health platform in, in some ways. But uh, I'm I'm working like weddings and stuff like that. I, I love weddings, honestly. I, I cry every single wedding. It's in my contract. <laughs> I have to dance at the weddings. You know, it's like, <laughs> is it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm worried. I'm shooting a wedding this Saturday, and I got a. I'm still in the full knee brace, so. I'm, I'll figure, I'll figure that out. I'll tell somebody they got to do the stanky leg for me or yeah, something. You can do the two-step or like yeah. the lean with yeah, it. Yeah, I can side-to-side step, so yeah. I'll, I'll figure that out. The young jock lean with it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Oh, there used to be a one in, uh, you know, the song Living Like a Cholo? Yes. Or Lean Like a Cholo? Lean Like a Cholo. Um, there was a Pueblo version. And it was, oh, no. It was called it was Living in Pueblo, side to side. Yeah, south side. You know, they would do all this stuff like that. I need I need that artist on this podcast tomorrow. I think, honestly, I think it was, I heard it on Rev, but like I never knew who, who made it. I don't know. Or it might, I don't know. It was, it's probably, it was awesome. It was probably slow jamming with Lada. It was probably Lada. It was great. It was great. If I could find that track, that would go in one of my videos for sure. We'll find it. We'll yeah, find yeah, we'll it. figure it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, do you have a... Uh, you know, you're you're kind of, like I said, you're already a player in this space right now. Do you have any advice to younger people or people that are trying to do what you're doing? Um, well, of course, one, the easy one is just grind. You know, like the longer you do something, the better you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I listen to Gary Vee a lot. And, you know, he's all about like accepting failure. You know, it's a learning opportunity. Like if you don't fail at something, it means you didn't try hard enough. There's all again. These are like cliches to live by, but like that's how it's, that's how we got good. Um, people skills is probably like the most important. Like building a network, you know, for business, especially in Pueblo. Like I tell, I as a marketing guy, I tell people all the time, like you can't be successful in Pueblo if you don't have Pueblo in mind. Like pe- Pueblo people is all about building each other up, you know. So you got to give back to them if you want them. Um, that's more local advice rather than just kind of like speaking to anybody. But uh, yeah, I mean connections truly are some of the biggest things, which is why that's what college opportunities is all about is meeting people that are similar minded and, and working hard. So surround yourself with the people that make you better, you know, that you want to be like emulate stuff like that. It's the same with being able to hang out with a millionaire. Like you get to, you get to look at what they do every day. You get to let their success like feed you, you know, um, don't think about people's competitions, all collaboration. Like the, I love seeing dudes in Pueblo, like, like David took it, like uh, Armando Chavez, uh, Micah, Aragon, all the dudes that wake up, Jared Chavez, all them making videos that are better than mine because uh, it gives you something like, oh, I know somebody that did that. Like if I learn from them, I can get better and I can make something like that. You know, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. I can emulate that and then do my own spin on it, you know, or I can do my own thing. Like he has his style, I have my style. Um, celebrate those things is, is all I say. That's like my biggest key for success, celebrate all the people around you, much like you do with this podcast. Super cool. Uh, letting people tell their stories, like you're celebrating people. And that's what, that's what I love to do. And, yeah. And it's always, it's always giving me positive things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like you said, you give, you give back to the people, the people will give back to you, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially in Pueblo, people are really easy. To, people are really uh, fast to call you a hack. I think David said that, like people will be like, that guy's just from Pueblo. He doesn't know anything, you know? Oh, and I just think that's people like speaking out of insecurity about themselves, you know, yeah. like, uh, cause they're probably calling, calling themselves a hack, 
you know, so they want to, they want to bring people to that level. So, but you can't, I mean, I don't like, uh, people don't tell you not to like let Instagram love your life, live your life, you know, like feed it all because that's marshmallows. If it's Lucky Charms, like people are just showing marshmallows. So of course you're going to constantly feel down about yourself. Or you're going to feel like somebody's judging your work, but if you're not putting work out, then I mean, you're not, you're not an artist. If you're not working on your trade, like you're never going to live it, you know? So mm-hmm. if, uh, if successful people ever listen to the like to the haters, the people that bring them down, you know they probably wouldn't be successful. So, uh, persistence is huge. Hard work is huge. Um, passion's huge. Like find find something that feeds all those things, and doesn't matter who's talking down to you. You're gonna be successful in your own right. So mm-hmm. no one no one can no one can decide if you're successful or not. You know, like people can look at my vagabond life and uh, you know working seasonal jobs, working different industries. Um, having goals to go different places uh they might see those as anomalies but the more i can make them casual realities the more people will think it's not imagination so uh that's why new records are set every year that's why uh people go to space because uh somebody had to cause that progression if it's not somebody breaking through barriers then i don't i don't know what it is wow man i love that spiel i just did (laughs) (laughs) yeah man that's awesome um yeah, you definitely have motivated me just to, um, you know, just stay positive because I f- you're right. Positivity brings um, brings more positivity and more like blessings into your life. Yeah, no one wants to be around someone that doesn't see the good in in situations. Yeah, when it's not it's not about like uh, people aren't going to dislike you because you're negative, you know. But if you're honest with your negativity and um, are honest that you're trying to take steps to uh, to fix it, then then that's positive, mm-hmm. you know? So again, it's not like people don't wake up every day happy, but people are trying, if you're taking steps towards happiness, you know, it's, that's the journey that's going to be fulfilling it all. Yeah. Damn. Which is getting like philosophical about life and stuff. But no, I love that, man. I yeah, think... I love, I love the good deep conversation. Yeah. I love that. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? <sighs> nah, I think I'm good. I think I've, I think I've spewed long enough. I think <laughs> also this water cup has been empty. I know. Almost the entire show. I just been <laughs> fake drinking it. <laughs> i heard it jingling oh i'm super i'm super parched so it, it's probably a good time to call it an end hell yeah um well dude thank you so much for your time i loved having you on here yeah no thanks i loved it hell yeah love to have you back too you know we'll talk more about that um you want to shout yourself out one more time for the camera uh yeah i'm tyler shown i am the founder of jelly meal productions which you can follow my my knee journey along i'm talking to my camera too sorry for the people out there at the moment he's the first guest to bring his own camera and i fucking rock with that so hard well you got to share each other's content you know and like you're gonna you're gonna look at my video and you'd be like that's awesome hell yeah i mean it's just gonna be me and i feel kind of arrogant doing that but it's it's for my story so you can follow my story on jelly meal productions uh which is on facebook it's on facebook youtube and instagram and uh, i'll keep putting out a bunch like knee content and i I shoot some other cool videos too uh, while I can carry cameras around and stuff like that. So yeah, check me out. Hell yeah. Give this guy a follow. It's a great journey. Come along for the ride. All right, guys, this has been Street Champs. Thanks so much for tuning in. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace. Peace.